0: Hey fabulous people, it's the fabulous Doris Birch, the founder of the Fab Factor and host of the new Fab You Show podcast. Many women are hiding. They are not willing to make the choice to let their old selves die. They are quitting on themselves, but I wanna tell you, in order to create space to step into their new fab you next level in order to begin to begin showing up in every area of their lives in order to find the woman you wish to become a choice needs to be made ready to say yes to your soul and become the next level new fab you now it's going to take some inner determination and strength. But let me tell you and allow me to be crystal clear. It takes, I I, I mean, you got to hear this. It takes a lot, I mean, a lot of courage to release the old and step into your next level fabulousness of truth. When you can get real about who you are and say unapologetically, here is who I am. I think this way. I feel this way. I vibrate this way. I live on this sort of frequency. And I show up this way. Do you see the shift here? Do you live the shift here? It is critical to do so if you're truly, I mean truly, did you hear me say truly? I mean truly committed to having it all, a life fully by designing on your terms in order to shift the old, become the real you, and finally break the pattern once and for all. Why? Well, simply there are still too few women who are giving themselves unapologetic, I mean unapologetic permission to have a seat at the I want it all table. And there are fewer women who truly own and command their space. You're making choices out of guilt or shame or blame. You compromise, you settle, you sacrifice You continue to sabotage or destroy. This affects everything. Is it any wonder that you don't really let yourself dream that dream anymore? Never mind, act on it. How do I know all of this? Some of you, this is resonating too. Well, it's because I lived it. And I think this must change and it must change now. So what new fab you is all about is letting go of the old, the distorted, the shadow you who you thought you had to be. New fab you is simply that, the old you must die to make room we're the new fab you. so let me ask you because i asked you earlier well in a different way have you had enough of playing and you're actually ready to play life the way you know it's meant to be make the decision because that's what it requires a decision to say goodbye to the old it's time to stop trying to create a new you around the same old people, for God's sake. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old thinking. That won't work. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old habits. Gotta have new ones. Stop trying to create a new you around the same old departure place. You know that place that you're still at today that you were at last year? You just got to say yes. Well, you don't got to, but you do if you want to change. To be who you are really, I need to be who you really are meant to be. Then say yes, yes to you, yes to your soul. Got what it takes. Asked you that earlier too. Well, trust me when I say it takes courage. It takes immense courage to be the real you. So enough, enough with hiding your light, enough with being less than, enough with trying to fit in, do it right, be professional, all that stuff. Enough with saying you're different, but not showing it. Enough with being scared, scared to sell yourself, to sell your services. It's time to give yourself unapologetic permission to be you. So today on my fabulous New Fabulous Show, I have Okay, Hilde, I don't know if I'm saying your name right. So please correct me when I bring you on, because I meant to double check that. So welcome,
1: my fabulous guests. Hello, fabulous Doris. I'm I'm so happy to be here. Yay. <laughs> Yay.
0: I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy to have you. So say your name correctly, because I've heard it before, but I'm bad with names.
1: Don't even worry about it. So my full name is Ildiko Oravets. And because that's kind of a tongue twister, I just go by Ildi. So. Ildi. Okay, yeah. good.
0: I know it's yeah. something like that, but I'm like, I'm a stickler for pronunciation. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So what I like to always ask people when they come on the show is to kind of like tell us a little bit about what happened or when did it happen for you that you stepped into, you know, what I call your new fab view. What moment in your life required you to make a shift?
1: I love that you asked that question. I think that for me, it wasn't just one moment. I think it's been many little moments kind of building up to where I am today. I love what you said about it takes courage. And I think that the first time that I really experienced courage was when I turned 30. And uh, there was a part of me that thought my life is ending, my 20s are over. And now you know now i'm i'm done and what nobody told me is that the 30s really are the beginning of being fabulous and each year i'm 50, i'll be 52 this year i feel as though each decade has brought another level another layer of courage and another moment of stepping into who i am and releasing you know those old ways of thinking the the people, the habits that don't serve me anymore?
0: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, most of us that are on the journey of evolving and really stepping into who we're really here to be, I think we all have those moments. And there, like you said, there really are several moments in the journey because each time You get to one level your next quantum level is really beckoning you to step into that one it's like oh my gosh really i gotta (laughs) go through this it's like oh can i have a break or something (laughs) because it does take a lot of courage because you don't you know well the thing that happens when you start showing up is that you know people either like you or don't like you or got something negative to say or whatever. And sometimes they can throw you off your game a little and you have to, you know, go back and build stuff back up within yourself. Be like, you know, okay, let me get past this moment and, and, and push through. Um, I remember for me that happened, those happened several times in the journey of being an entrepreneur. Um, but what about you? Have you had those moments where either a former client, um, doesn't like you anymore or just people?
1: Absolutely. And and I actually think that was probably one of the first big steps is releasing that whole people pleaser, like people need to like me. I think we're kind of raised to be nice and kind and, you know, all of these things. And once you release that and you're like, it really doesn't matter if people like me or not. That is an incredibly freeing thing because then you don't worry about what people think, and you're not like, "Uh, should I say this or do this? Or, you know, what are people gonna think of me? Once you release that and you're like, it doesn't matter what people think, what matters is what I think it it brings us tremendous amount of freedom and it does take a lot of courage to take that because we're raised to believe that other people's opinions of us are way more important than our own our own opinions of ourselves so it's it's huge
0: yeah you know that's so true now so the the work that you do now is that much different than when you first started out in your career or are you are you one of those rare people who've kind of stayed on track. (laughs)
1: Um, I am not one of those rare people. Uh, However, I feel like there are certain elements in what I do that have kind of stayed consistent. I think when you really tap into your gifts, your superpowers, those those things that you bring to the world, those elements you're gonna carry through regardless of the role that you're in. Because I've worked full time, I have, you know, I'm an entrepreneur now and an author, And so the pieces that I bring to it is there's a facilitative piece that I kind of weave things together for people and sort of hold a mirror up for people so where they can see themselves and maybe those areas where they want to change and transform. So I bring that to my coaching. I bring that to my facilitation. I bring that to my consulting and training. And um, hopefully there's a, a part of that in my book as well. But so those are, I think, are the consistent pieces. But I've, I've kind of like been all over the place when it comes to different roles and and um, and jobs that I've had.
0: Well, I want to say congratulations on your book. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And so stepping into being an author and publishing and all that, um, what did that uncover for you?
1: So that definitely was a huge transformational piece for me. It's, um, I tell people it's like I basically get naked and walk out in the world. Because <laughs> you reveal so much of yourself in your book. And and it it was a very transformational process. I worked with an amazing book writing coach, intuitive book writing coach, to help me really draw the stories out and weave together those pieces of my life, those pieces of the work that I do, to, to bring it to people where they can implement it in their lives. And then it was a huge learning curve as far as the whole publishing process and marketing and, and all of that. It was completely transformational. And I love that. Um, it's something that I can check off on my list and, and I feel as though it's taken me to another level, like another level of confidence, another level of courage and another level of transformation. Yeah,
0: you know, cause I, I to them in the book space magically. Um and I find when I work with, you know, even myself too, but even other people, I was like, it is the one of the most I think sometimes people don't realize um how, well, depending on how you want a book to be done, I guess supposing. Um, but if you're working with somebody who's really intuitive and really about really pulling out the 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 story and the message that you want to to write about to help, you know, transform other people's lives. That whole process is very daunting. I mean, it really requires um a whole bunch of courage um to go within yourself and to tell the story that needs to be told um for this moment that you know in the book you're putting out. And I thought I that has been, that's why I call it so magical because who would it be, I mean, I think I mean, I could pinch myself for just being in that whole process and with myself and even helping other women and, and other people who've written amazing books and just told their story. I mean, it takes so much and it requires so much that you don't even know when you're going in um, that this book, this, this story, this book I'm getting ready to write that I think is going to be no-brainer becomes very deep and soul-searching and just transformative in who you really do show up being after it's published.
1: Oh yes, that resonates for me so much. You know, I think just about all the different emotions that I went through as I wrote the book, and I can remember having sessions with my coach, and I would just be weeping and crying, and and then know because it's real it's raw it's who you are you're not trying to write this dry boring book you want to share your heart and soul with people and so you you pour yourself into what you write and it can be scary and i love the word that you use daunting and i think that's why there are so few people who actually follow through on writing that book that they have in their heart i think I think it's like 80%. I heard this recently, like 80% of people have a story they want to share. They have a book they want to write. And it's, it's like 2%. And I may not have those numbers exactly right. It yeah. actually follow through. And it's because it, it's a lot of emotion. It's not just sitting down and writing words. There's a lot of emotion involved.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, that's you know, you're, I don't know the numbers. Either. I should know the numbers, but I don't know the numbers. Is I just know a lot of people don't get it out. Um, but I, I, after we're done with the show, I do want you to put the link in for your book um, as well. Uh, so that'd be great because I haven't gotten it yet and I want to get it too. Um, Thank
1: you. Happy to do that.
0: Yeah. And so, okay, so let's go. Where do we want to go? Mm okay so you do high performance coaching it's a whole nother ball game in high performance the two words high performance um I want to ask you in did you initially start that out as that was your desire when you first started coaching are well you might have known it inside of your soul that was where you wanted to play at um did you initially play at that that spot that area, or did you gradually shift yourself in the belief that this was the level and these were the types of people you wanted to actually work with? And, and have you worked with, um, for lack of better words, but what I call it, or it is just slumming clients. Have you had your share of slum clients to be like, I really need to play in the space I want to play in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. What a great question. So I have always had a desire to help people be the best version of themselves. Um, I think that's really important. We often don't play, in a sense, uh, in in our worlds, whether that be in our our workspace, our career, um, our relationships, in so many different ways, we're not often... Being the best self we possibly can be, so that really is the desire that drove me to, you know, this whole concept of high performance. And I love that I get to work with so many clients. I've got a number of executive clients. You know, they own their own companies. They're, you know, they've got really big companies. They're high achievers. And I work with individuals who are, um, you know, maybe they they have a job or they are starting their own business a wide variety of people, the part that is important to me is that the person really has that strong desire to be the best version of themselves. Now, like we can't go 100% all the time because I just think we would burn ourselves out. But these are people who see goals and they've set that goal and they're moving towards that goal and they are doing what it takes to move there. Even when it's tough, even when it takes them out of their comfort zone, even when it takes a little bit of a sacrifice on their part. And I think those are the things that I see in common in my clients. And I don't know if I've had like what you call the slumming clients. There definitely have been clients that maybe aren't a good fit because they don't have, they're not ready maybe to to make that sacrifice. So... Did that answer yeah. the question? <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I'm always curious. I'm always curious where people have evolved in their coaching. Um, um, because, you know, sometimes, and with women, I don't know if men, I don't work with men, um, but I know from working with women a lot of times, and myself included, is that just to be working sometimes in your, especially if you stepped into the co- coaching consulting space, or maybe any space, is that sometimes you will sacrifice um, what you really want in a client just to have a client, and so those are why I call those slum clients, Um, because they end up not being
1: worth, well, no, that's. (laughs) I totally get what you're saying, Doris. Yeah, they're not really worth, they're not really
0: worth who you are being, and they drain you so much. And they don't do the work. These are ones who don't do the work at all. They want you to do the work for them.
1: Yes, in their life. Now, thankfully, I haven't had a lot of those. And and I do want to say that there there have been clients that I've had in the past where maybe it's not necessarily a good fit. Maybe they want me to do the work as opposed to them, you know, doing what needs to be done. And. I actually am grateful for those clients because those help me to really get clear, incredibly clear about who is not my right client and who is. And so you know, maybe, you know, think again, thankfully, I haven't had a lot of those clients. and when I do and we part ways, um, it it's always a good time for me to reflect and go, okay. It's important for me and a client that they are committed, that they follow through. And so then I'm very intentional about when I reach out or when people come to me to making sure that there's a good fit around that. But I love that you said that because it's true. I think that's part of the journey as well. Really figuring out who is our ideal client? Who is it that we really want to serve and who would best gain value from working with us?
0: Yeah, you're right. And it's so true. And it's why I like to ask these questions because I know some people always think that no one else has these issues. And, you know, it's only them. And we all really go through this phase in the journey of getting to what we really desire in our businesses. So they do teach. I mean, that is the biggest thing about getting a client that's not your ideal client or your divine right client um, or soul aligned client, which is now all I require. Um, is that they do teach you big lessons about yourself and what you really want.
1: Absolutely. I love that soul-aligned client. And I I think that as, as entrepreneurs, as coaches, consultants, that we really can attract those right clients to us. It's how we put ourselves out there in the world. It's how we present ourselves. I guess how we market and brand ourselves, that I think that if we're not attracting the right kinds of clients, it really is time to kind of, you know, do a little bit of a a check, you know, and maybe get some feedback from other people. And what is it that I'm projecting to the world if I'm not drawing in my ideal client?
0: Oh my God, that is a good, I'm so glad you brought that up because it really is true. I mean, that is, that's the, oh my God, that's the uh, hard pill to swallow right there because it really is self-reflective on some energetic level that you're putting out there. to attract the wrong people or the people that you don't want to work. And that one is hard to admit that you have called those people in.
1: <laughs> it is so true, right? And and it kind of goes back to that whole concept of it's a lesson. It's part of my journey. And I love what you said kind of at the beginning in the introduction. It's around. It's the people that you surround yourself with. So. Do you have those trusted mentors, those trusted coaches, that inner circle of people that aren't going to be trying to make things sound pretty and they're just going to say something like, Ildi, um, this sucks. What you're doing right now sucks, you know, or or your marketing, your branding, or how you're doing this, this is not reflective of who you are. I've had people tell me that. My um, website is kind of in it's evolving, but it was very corporate. And I got a lot of feedback from people. They said, Ildi, you're someone who is, is warm and friendly and the way you come across is definitely not what your website is reflecting. So that's just a small example, but I was like, oh, you're right. I mean, and I was in love with my website, but I had to change it. I had to make some changes. It's an ongoing process, but who are those people in your trusted inner circle?
0: oh my god right there i'm so glad you brought that up too because that's true it's um especially for those of us who are former corporate girls and we step into this space and i think um i find it well that's where it comes into that unapologetic permission to be the real you um, comes into play because once you give yourself that permission then everything does have to be in that soul alignment of you and reflecting you and double, but for when we come out of the corporate world we're so used to that mask and that persona that we wear um which is required in that space really it is and then we we come into our own world and do our own thing and we bring that with us and we're because we're so used to that that, yeah, the website probably was great. However, it wasn't great for this version of you. And, you know, when people like, you know, so at home be like, oh my gosh, you know, to be like, okay, I can take that pill and I can make that shift and okay. And all that, it's so, and that's so insightful. And I think a lot of women don't realize that, you know, all everything must be soul aligned. You know, that's just my whole phase now. So it's like, it's so amazing to see that because even, you know, um, seeing you like in social media stuff, you do, you have this, um, well, it's sort of like this, like goddess energy to me. And I don't know if that's where you're going, but <laughs> I feel that just from you in social media, it's just the openness, the spiritualness of power comes through you. And I don't, and, and that's what I've gotten.
1: Wow. Well, thank you so well, thank much you. for reflecting that back to me, and and I definitely received that. Thank you. Um. Yeah. I and I think that's it, it goes back the soul aligned concept that you have, of you know what is your social media, how are you projecting yourself, and your website, and it also goes along with how you present yourself when you meet people in person. So I do still work a lot in the corporate world, and you know there is that certain persona that you bring. Ring. And at the same time, you have to let your authenticity shine through. So when you're going to some kind of a networking event or a connection event or, or you know, professional development event, how are you presenting yourself in a way that's professional yet still very authentic and not, you know, like, hi, here's my business card, <laughs> you know, that you're really connecting with people. So...
0: Yeah, I like that because, you know, the thing is when you do step out and if you still are working in that corporate space, um, I would think when they meet you, it would have to be refreshing um, because you can represent a new way of being.
1: Thank, thank you for saying that. That definitely is my hope, you know, and my signature program is called Tribal Abundance. Well, there are people that have sought me out because they're like, this really is intriguing. I want to bring this into my organization. And I'm sure there are also people who go Tribal Abundance. That's kind of weird and wacky. I don't want to bring that into my organization. And so, again, even the naming of my program, I think, has helped me to narrow in and focus in on who are those people that are soul aligned? Who are those clients, those, those new potential clients that really want to work with me because it resonates for them as opposed to someone who sees that and they're like, whoa, that sounds a little too woo-woo and crazy for me. So, you know, I, I mean, even to that, like the naming of your programs, I think is an important piece of reflecting who you are, who is your authentic self, and what is it that you want to accomplish? What is the value you want to bring to your clients?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm I grateful that, you know, there's a you out into this corporate space because, tru- oh my gosh, I'm um, not in that space um, for various reasons at this moment. Um, but I am grateful to hear what you are doing in that space because there is an awakening that must happen in that space um, for it to continue um and I think they can be awakened to some level. Uh, so um, thank you for bringing <laughs> tribal abundance to some corporate <laughs> environments. Woo, gosh, I'm so people. I mean, seriously. I mean, the, the think of the evolution of the of the people in that company get to be expanded. You know, in a way that they weren't before you stepped in. And I'm the brave people who 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 say yes, bring the tribal abundance. I think that is amazing. I love hearing that. Oh my gosh. Yes.
1: Ah, well, thank you so much. Yes. That, I mean, like my heart, my vision really is to create a movement because when you look at sort of the old school hierarchical corporate structure, it's not effective. And the research backs that up. People, um, people really get down on millennials. They, it seems as though they have so many criticisms toward millennials. And I'm like, Bring on the millennials who want something different and who are bringing a different energy and a different focus into the work world. And I feel as though there's more receptivity based on, you know, our workforce shifting slightly and bringing in the younger generations. They have so many gifts to share. They've got so much passion to bring to the workplace and i i you know like again that's my vision i want to see things shift i want to see people collaborate and work together like tribes i want to see people stop with all this you know crazy competition where you have your information hoarder or you have your you know <laughs> the people who don't want to collaborate cuz what if you steal my ideas you know i want people to to have that abundance mentality knowing that ah. you know we rising tide lifts all boats <laughs>
0: I love that. I love, 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 love your work. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting! Ah, oh, I think you're the first person I've had on the show that's in, that's in that space. So, oh, that's exciting to hear.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, it, it, it completely energizes me, and I love talking about it. I just did a couple of workshops last week, and I'm still kind of on the high of, of the interaction with these leadership teams of. of you know, how important it is to do things in a different way, so thank you. Oh my
0: gosh, well, Hilly, it was great having you on the show, it's like this time goes by really fast, um, <laughs> so it's like, oh my gosh, but I love having you on the show, you'll have to come back again.
1: I would love to, thank you so much for having me. Okay, everybody, this is
0: a wrap for today's new Fabu show, and Hilly will put a link to her book, Tribal Abundance, And so let's check out her book. And if anybody is in the corporate space, hey, and you're a leader, you want her, get her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye, everybody.